being that person who's I'm comfortable with pushing myself a little bit more now, but I also relate to that kid who gets out there in recreation and is, and is shy. If you can believe it, I was a little shy. Mm -hmm. He was shy and who's just a little intrepid or a little scared or timid to do that, that big jump, you know? And so that's one thing that I really love about the outdoors is that it's pushed me in lots of different ways and that I can go out there and say, I want to try this. I want to do this and and try to be a little bit better than I was and a little more confident in myself than I was before. Hey, welcome to Rec Reflect. What's happening, big buddy? What's up, brother? How's life? It's just crazy as always. Yeah. So I, I see that you have shaved off your beard. What are you okay? Yeah. Well, you know, we gotta go back through all of our uh, episodes and and figure out how many times I've done this where I just shave off my beard. I just I still like, you know, this is my issue, is I don't like having hair on my face. So. Oh, well, that's significant. Yeah, so I don't like having hair on my face, but then I'll go back and I'll shave off my beard and I'll look at a picture, you know, from two months ago when I did have a beard. And I was like, oh, man, but it does look better with my face does look better with being covered in hair. I I don't say this lightly. Um, I'm nominating you for the most handsome man in traps. So that's I will say uh, is that is that is that sans beard and all? Oh yeah, um, I will say that uh, with the with the beard, um, you're put into maybe a, like a, a, a different category. Maybe the seasoned veteran, like se- yeah. seasoned rec specialist. Um, yeah. While now with the shaved face, you look more um, baby face, future future and young professional newcomer yeah. of the year. Maybe maybe it's also a a last last to Jeffrey because I just turned 29, and so I have one more year till I'm 30. I mean, once you hit 30, it's just like game over, right? <laughs> Ouch, man. Dude, remember, I'm 36. No, 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 no not you. I just not, mean like not specifically in, for in, me, but for everyone else. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this out there. If I uh do win the most handsome award in an upset, then I'm just gonna say suck it, Jeff Ache, because I think I think he was a front runner. He was a handsome dude. He he's he's annoyingly handsome. Yeah. Like he's and he's funny. Like he's you, the way that I see. Like you, do you ever see like really famous actors? They're like you have no yeah. business being that handsome and that fun. Like yeah. Chris like Hemsworth. Chris yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was it? The, that that that's so annoying. Like yeah, you don't you don't so get annoying. to have it all. Stop it. And he you just build muscle, no problem. Uh, you are you a TikTok person at all? Um, I I am, but I don't understand it. But I still. So I think I'm on a weird space of TikTok and yeah. it's uh, a lot of like smoking meats, World War II history, lawn care, oh, like nice. that. I think bad nice. talk yeah. is what my students have explained to me what I'm, I'm yeah. uh, no. last night I watched about 20 minutes of a guy showing how to do um, like home repairs to like a, a kitchen sink and nice. plumbing. And yeah. I, I had no idea why I kept watching, but I did. Mm-hmm. No, I saved a few of those like little uh, repair trick hack videos. So when anybody uh, like when I tell like people who don't know me professionally, they just know me personally. When they find out what I do and like what 
what organizations I'm involved in. And I tell them like, I have a PhD in recreation park and tourism science from Texas A&M. And I'm really proud of that. And so the first, this happened actually a month ago. Uh, Someone at church asked me, they're like, oh, so like you teach people how to dodgeball, right? I'm like, that's exactly what I do. Spot on. Spot on. I got a PhD in dodgeball. How awesome is that? Um, but like, uh, like people outside of recreation don't understand it, but then I wish that I could introduce them to all the amazing people that I know from within traps, like mm-hmm. every single guest that we've had on, I would say is a quote unquote mover and a shaker in recreation. Yeah. Yeah. I think <clears throat> they're all impactful people. And what I really loved about Okay, so I'm, we're like season recapping here, aren't we? A little bit and kind of enjoying our first memories, or we're just you know doing our thing. And so I, I, I was thinking about it today. I was like, man, the coolest thing about doing this was getting to talk to all the people who are speaking at traps, or like you said, movers and shakers within traps. And you know, like it, it's weird because I think they get on this podcast and like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to be on the podcast. And we're like, oh my gosh, you know, Tiffany White's going to be on our podcast or, oh my gosh, Malone Ranger's going to be on our podcast. And I think it's a, it's a kind of going both ways where it's like, this is so cool to have somebody with this legit experience and this legit um, passion and like care for our recreation world that they want to get on and talk more about. And, and you know, these are also the busiest people in the world, like huh. in, in our, in our recreation world, trying to like run departments and get ready for traps and you know uh you know shannon Coates, right like we're a week before the traps institute in her city and we're still don't even know if we're going to have it in person or not and she's like yeah i would love to jump on the podcast for an hour and talk to you guys and it just showed (laughs) how passionate people were to be able to get on there with us and say like hey i want to talk to you guys i want to share my story of recreation you know yeah, and so uh, so you're actually familiar with multiple states and their recreation people. So I'm, you know, I've only I've only lived in Texas. So you've lived in uh, Virginia and Texas. So uh, so Traps counterpart in Virginia, it was just called Vraps. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it was VRPS. They should have called it Vraps for sure, or like Parbs or something. Okay. It, was, uh, it was just Virginia Rec and Recreation and Park Society. Okay. And so that was my first time going to an institute. Do, and, do you feel that there is like commonalities across states or is traps like the recreation culture that we have here in Texas? Is it pretty unique to Texas? Huh, that's a good question. I think that, well, I'll put it like this. I only got to do one VRPS Institute. Yeah. I had, I had a ton of fun. I had a ton of fun doing my Virginia one. But um, I didn't really get a chance to, I was just, you know, I didn't know a whole lot of people in VRPS. I wasn't like a, uh, what, what, what we call it now, a, a big wig, if you will. I don't know if I call myself a big wig, but I, would, I wasn't somebody that you would go to the Institute and people would be like, oh my gosh, Will. And I love that now about Travis is I can walk in and be like, hey, and I'll see all of our friends kind of a deal. Yeah. But, um, but and so that's probably the biggest difference is that like here in our Texas one, I think the people who are really involved are a very tight knit group of people who are involved in traps, you know? Yeah. And I didn't get to experience that much in Virginia because I didn't do, I didn't have a leadership position. I never got to do more than one Institute, but I would, I would think 
the big thing here is that people are very tight knit involved group of people. And I think you kind of saw that with, again, the podcast doing with D, doing this is that, you know, Jessica Burke lined up a lot of those guests, right? That she was like, Hey, why don't you interview Annie for Right. And so Annie that we've talked to on the podcast and you and I have gotten to know more and more outside of the podcast was so cool because it was like, you know, I, I have no idea how it went down, but it was like, Hey, Annie's going to come in and, and give us, you know, talk at the Institute. So we'd love to have her on the podcast. And so Annie was like, yeah, for sure. You know, again, she's so busy starting a new business, getting people involved. And it was like, she took time out of her day because she was that close with Jessica that she was willing to jump on and talk to two people she had never met. And like, poor thing, she, now she has to deal with us, you know, outside of the podcast even. And so, um, you know, she had to make a sacrifice, unfortunately, to, you know. <laughs> but, but it's cool to see, like, it's cool to see how the impact of like Jessica Burke lined us up for people being like, yes, if it's, if it's Jessica involved or if it's, you know, I think it, at times if it was Jordan will involved, I want to be a part of it. And I think that's one thing that's really cool about traps is how tight knit group everybody is that we're willing to help each other out and be a part of the passion projects we have you know yeah yeah um yeah i am i am a little bit interested to see uh of the people that know us and like to hear us um you know the the literally of uh the the five people that i'm referencing uh what out of that what's the percentage of people that like they listen to this or they see us at traps and they do so because it's like going to the circus and watching dancing bears uh, like there's not a lot of intellectual value but it sure is entertaining look they think yeah. they're people yeah you well okay this is i think the, the strict advantage we have with that is that we're not this isn't um this isn't let's say draps this isn't like well i guess it wouldn't be draps this isn't this isn't tads like the texas association of doctors or towels like the texas association of lawyers or tabs like the texas association. do you know that towels is an actual organization is it for real? yeah no 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 yeah, and it's yeah. not the organization you're talking about oh it's, well it's, <laughs> i think it's uh, the academy of leisure sciences okay there you go so so we're not a part of like the lawyer society or the businessman society i don't know i'm sounding kind of silly with this but point is i think that people in our world even though they are dedicated serious professionals at the end of the day like love to have fun so i think they recognize how fun we are as people, not only on our podcast, but I think as individuals, people, people enjoy our funness. And so if we are dancing bears for a circus, then I think they're all, all in for this circus and I'm okay with being a dancing bear. Like, I think that's a pretty cool deal to be. Um, I think that uh, you're the dancing bear that's riding the tricycle in a, a vest and like a, a hat. Yeah. That's like, like a party hat um and i'm the dancing bear that's like oh he's eating people food he's he's got a family-sized bag of cheetos he i think that's he's... Great. um okay so uh, well i have to, of... i have a question yes a question go ahead I, I so so towels so other are you involved with other agencies outside of traps um, like do you have a, do you have a i guess i should say like do you have a do you have a do you go to a professor conference at all uh <laughs> do i have a professor conference so uh, every professor is different. We 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 are. Oh, hold on, I'm getting a. 
Daniel, this is your problem now. Edit this part out. Um, okay, uh, going back into it. Uh, yes, to put it shortly, yes, professors, we do have our organizations that we're involved with, but they're up to us. We don't have any anybody that's telling us what to do. So uh, early in my PhD career, I chose TRAPS as this is the professional organization that I want to pour my efforts into. And so I do that. And then I also do, uh, it's called the Lilly Conference. And it's the conference for, it's organized, well, it's more of just like a, a, a few conferences around the United States, um, that it's the conference for college teaching and instruction. So I try to, that's, that's the one I use, like, okay, that's for me to like get better at my job. And then TRAPS is, you know, to learn more about recreation and to interface with practitioners, but also I just love recreation. Like, yeah. It's just a part of me. There's, that's a big, like any big family vacation that we take, we're going to like a national park or a state park, or right. we're just, we're not just going to like a beach down on the coast. We are we're visiting part of our, our nation's heritage and enjoying it. So, yeah, because that brings me, because I, I, I was trying to think about what we were going to talk about in our recap. And this brought me to, it reminded me, of one of my favorite books that I read while I was doing my PhD. Have you ever read Wilderness and the American Mind by Roderick Fraser Nass? No. No? Well, we um, our Traps Book Club. We've talked about that. We have. Well, uh, I love it. Okay, so I was introduced to this book uh, by Dr. David Scott. He's a uh, professor uh, in RPTS at a and And uh, he... I think we spent like a month and a half just reading and talking about this book and wilderness in the American mind about how the American wilderness is so unique to America and our perspective on how we use our recreation and leisure with it. It's so unique. And so I was trying to think about, well, what can I glean from this and how can we use this at like the state level for like our park system? And so I, I have a quote that I want to I want to tell you I want to I want to speak to you and say like what do you think about this? I'm ready. Are you ready? I love a good quote. You do. Okay. All right. Um, uh, and they added in David Brower's words that the wilderness we have now is all that men will ever have. End quote. End quote. The wilderness we have right now is all that men will have. Yeah, like we're so they're not we're not making any more wilderness, right? Like the wilderness that's there is, it's it's that's it. That's that's all we're getting. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, can I tell you my first instinct is to say that I'm that 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 gives me a, a sense of fear or worriedness. Why is that? Just just because you know, like you said, that's this is all we have. This is all we have, and. <clears throat> Not to get into to the weed of things, but like there are there are people who are fighting to keep our wilderness intact, right? And it's sad that we have to fight for that sometimes to keep the land that we know from being developed, but it's just a balancing act of balancing between people and resources. And so like we only have a finite amount of resources that we can use. And I think what gets me is you talk about family vacations, you talk about being out there with your girls. And I love like when y'all show your pictures on Facebook of just being out at a state park and just like enjoying nature 
And, um, you know, I've got two little guys who aren't quite old enough to go out, do too much exploring, but, you know, we went to a state park recently. It's like, man, this place, this is where <clears throat> recreation and leisure happen, you know, and, and going back to our profession is, yeah, it's really nice that we're in city parks and teaching people and trying to keep recreation in our cities. But like, you know, I forget who says it. Maybe it was Teddy Roosevelt who says, you know, national parks are our greatest idea, right? Or whatever the quote is, like national parks is America's greatest idea. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's, it is, really is like these preserved lands that have stood the test of time. And how, how much longer are they going to stand the test of time? And, and how do we use them to, to have recreation and also to conserve them and keep them beautiful so that my sons and your daughters can take their their sons and daughters out and and enjoy the beauty that is our wilderness, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that. So, are you familiar with who John Muir is? Oh yeah, yeah. All right, tell me I'm a little about what, what 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 do you know about him? Well, he's like the wilderness camping guy. He took Teddy Roosevelt on that trip from Yosemite, and he was, you know, big on on conserving and and camping and everything and just exploring from what i understand oh yeah he was an early advocate he, he was an early advocate for wilderness exploration and conservation and he's called the father of the national park system so he was very yeah. influential in our national park system being built um and i love i love to show my students this show them the map google maps of the united states and um where where you know if you pull it up that where where is more green at not like yeah. i'm talking about grass but i'm talking about like public like land public lands uh it starts right around close to the rockies um, yeah. and there's a ton of it to the west and i asked them say why do you think that is and so if you were looking at a map will um let me bring it up and share my screen with you yeah, and while you're saying that, I'm going to say that was one thing that I really enjoyed about about Virginia. We talked about Virginia versus Texas. Yeah. And we talked about this back when I was in school at Texas State. It was like like 95% of the land in Texas. That, might, that number might have changed. I don't know. But like 95% of land in Texas is uh, owned by somebody. We have like we have all this vast Texas beauty but 95% of it is owned by a person rather than like public land. And Virginia, on the other hand, um, well, I think being closer to the capital and being closer to a lot of federal stuff has a lot of protected land. And I was like, that was cool to see, to be around a national forest that's, you know, was 15 minutes away from my house was like a, a national forest, right? And it's, you know, like here in Texas, you've got to go kind of far. If you're in a city, you've got to go kind of far to get to like a protected land, like a state park or something like that. But yeah, it's all over the place. And I, and I really appreciated that about Virginia. Yeah. So I lied. It's not at the Rockies. It's pretty much, if you look at like it, it's a most part of South, uh, South Dakota or North Dakota, South Dakota, then it's, it's like a line down the middle of the United States. Um, yeah. Do you see all, do you, do you see my screen, what I'm showing you? I do. Yeah, I see it. Okay. So what we're seeing is where, where do you think, I mean, not where do you think it's pretty, we have more national parks in the West, more large national parks, like right. more land. Um, so that coincides with uh, Teddy Roosevelt's presidency. 
right like westward expansion and how we're so we have the far west coast um you know the the coastal cities they're being they're they're built and they're growing um but but there's a space in america the space in the united states not i don't want to say america because uh, there's north america the united states that teddy roosevelt with influenced by john muir that we have uh, the, the creation and the conservation of those lands because we're not getting them back. Uh-huh. And so I have a question for you because it, it, it brings up the idea so that we're not making any more lands. And so people should have the right to go visit these lands and have fun on them and play on them and use them. But that's the other side is that once many people go to it, it kind of gets ruined. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's like for you, but um, for for our park system here in San Angelo, I, our parks people, our rec people, they do a phenomenal job. But sometimes mm. it's hard to keep up with people who are inconsiderate users of the parks. Mm. Like, do you have you ever watched the what is it, Mad Men? They go for a picnic out at the park, and they just they just leave their trash there. They just like yeah. they just yeah, just pick up the blanket, flip it all off, and then walk away and all that right. trash is there so sometimes really popular parks at the like local level they get used a lot and so they get trashed out very easily and it's it's hard for the system to keep up with cleaning yeah. up after all that so you have the best places that get ruined because people don't take care of them Are, mm-hmm. does that happen with you in your city yeah no for sure i i, I see it like in the city i'm living in too it's like you know, limited park space and they're trying to use it more. And it's just like, it, it gets so popular to come out and use the trails and everything and come out and use this, you know, the, the walking area and the lakes and everything, but things get trashed so quickly. And you know what it is too, is it's like, oh, I made a little bit of trash. Oh, well, like I dropped this, uh, I'm gonna use like a, a straw Think like an example of like a straw if you're on a McDonald's and you get a drink and you've got like the plastic straw and you've got the paper thing that goes over it and you're like oh I, I the, the the straw paper blew away in the wind oh well like but if that happens to one person and then it happens to 100 people that day it just it, it constantly like you said it's not about I don't know I'm getting off tangent here but it's like not about you creating trash it's about everybody creating little bits of trash and it just piles up and piles up and it's just hard it's hard to watch like I go I look down, I do like a nature class. It's like I walk down to the lake. It's like, man, this place is just, there's things washing up on the shore of our little lake here and our little pond. It's just, it's not fun to sit there because then you have to explain that to the kids too. It's like, well, this is what happens when people don't, you know, don't follow leave no trace principles. And Oh my gosh, that's the, it's the accumulative effects over time. Yeah. It's not the one little paper trash. That's the deal. It's, well, there might be a hundred people that go on this trail today. What if right. everybody left one thing? Well, then yeah. what does that look like in one month? Then you've got, I'm assuming that that's like three or four trash bags full of trash material strewn about campsites and, and trails. Well, and it's gross. And you know, the other tricky part is, is that it's this huge balancing act, right? Because on one hand, I want as many people as possible using our parks, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm like, man, I don't want people coming in or using our parks and trashing our parks. So it's like you want you want the best people out there using our parks who are going to take in, taking care of it and and what makes them the best people? I think 
like the best users of the parks what what are the characteristics of that uh, that's a good question i i really think it's people who are big followers of the leave no trace principles so i mean i'm sure you're familiar with the leave no trace stuff right and i think we met in the boy scouts will of i know course I well, am. maybe that's for the audience too uh so leave no trace like I'm sure everybody's very familiar, but I think the biggest one that a lot of people fail to remember and they fail to remember the impact of is, is camping and using durable surfaces, right? And so I think a lot of people think chalk that up to like, oh, well, I shouldn't camp where, you know, it's open country and I, I there's a pad at a, at a state park or something like I should camp, I should camp where I'm designated to camp. But that also applies to using trails and using um like different areas of recreation and play and like when when everything is so packed like a trail for example right if you're at a we have a really beautiful park uh near me that is a really nice hiking trail hiking and biking trail and the hiking and biking trail it's very very used and so people start to carve out their own trails um outside of the hike and bike trail you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, you've got this, you have this made trail for everyone to use. And, and let's say we have, let's say we have, you know, a hundred percent, right? 10% of the trail is being used for, or 10% of the land is being used for this trail. Well, keep that 10% and just make that the part of recreation versus going and making another trail and now 20% of the trail of the, of the land is being used for two different trails because it's so inconvenient for you to have to kind of wait your turn. So I think that's a big one to me. That's the top person I want is somebody who knows that I don't want to go out there. And I think that's where people get wrong. It's like, Oh, I want to go out and explore wilderness and I want to go out and check all these different things out. So let me go down this way because it looks like no one's ever gone down here before. Well, there's a reason. There's a reason that's a not a designated area for you to go down to because that's supposed to be an area that's supposed to be being conserved. And I think that's where people get messed up sometimes. It's like, oh, this place looks really cool. I want to go check it out. And I'm going to go carve my own trail in order to get there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, that's I think, the, the perfect park user to me is the one who's like, hey, this is the trail you're supposed to go on. This is the area we're supposed to go. And this is will take me to all the recreation possibilities that I want in this park. Because in the grand scheme of things, you have this entire giant public use area, and not all of it's meant to be used for your recreation. A lot of it's still meant to be conserved and protected, while a small part of it's supposed to be used for our recreation. And I think that's an important thing for people to understand. I think that's a hard thing for people to understand because if they can see it, they're like, well, why can't we go look at it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this brings me to my thought. uh, Have you ever heard about the tree that owns itself? Mm -mm. Okay. So in Athens, Georgia, it's on the corner of South Finley and Deering streets. It's in Atlanta. And uh, there's a, 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 well, that tree has since died or been felled and there's a that's it's now the son of the tree that owns itself that's there but there was a tree who legally owned itself oh nice so it's it's really funny how it started i I highly recommend anybody uh, just go google it and read about it but uh, i feel like sometimes people don't understand that sometimes wilderness uh out like the pristine nature that Mm -hmm. we get to look at sometimes 
we need to treat it as its own entity. Give it like we need to have respect and like sympathy. Not I don't know if sympathy is the right word, but respect for it. Like it, it, the wilderness owns itself. Let's protect it for itself. Right. Well, okay. So now it's my turn because you came very prepared today. But I'm, I'm going to give you my pop quiz. Yeah, get it. Okay. So we got Teddy Roosevelt, who's the big time. Um, you know, he's the big time guy of, of our national parks and did a lot of things for our national parks. Do you know the first president to, uh, to really sign a public land agreement? Uh, to the, first pre- the first president to um, like make a public land or land public for America for not to be used and develop and settle. The, say that okay so I'm, if i'm understanding what you're saying the pre, who was the president who first designated lands as, yeah yeah thank you who's the first who's the president who first designated land as as protected uh, under the united states government oh i don't know that oh got him got him document this uh, uh, i think that you'll find the more that you talk to me there's a lot of stuff i don't know there's no, no. I love that about you is that you're not the person who's like um well you know i think like you're not you're ever gonna bs me like I actually don't know that one. So, okay, you have a guess? You have a guess? You get, think you might have a guess on it? Uh, can you give me a time era? Like, uh, Well, I could, but it would totally give it away. I'll just say this. He was very busy with other problems in the country that it's surprising that he was able to do this during his presidency. Okay, so you're talking probably somebody who was at war. I'm going to say it's got to be either George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, so it's Abraham Lincoln, yeah. Okay. So he – so he signed a he signed a designated land to make uh, to protect Yosemite Valley, and that's why there's always this like argument like where's the, who's who's the first national park or who's the first well, you know it's, and people will say oh well it's actually uh, Yellowstone the first one that becomes like a national park, but technically Lincoln designated Yosemite Valley as a protected land first, and so. Okay. So, and, and like the Mariposa Canyon, I think is what it's called. Anyway, so I, I found that out recently. I was reading about it a little bit. And like, that's really interesting is that Abraham Lincoln, even while he's like fighting to keep our country together and fighting our own people is like, oh, I'm going to sign off on this land, you know, protection act over here. Um, and so I always found that one really interesting about Abraham Lincoln. Oh, that is, that's really cool. I like to learn history things about recreation in our national history. park system. Oh, so um, the Yosemite is still one of the ones that we have not traveled to. Um, I really want to go. But did you know that uh, John Muir, Gifford Pinchot, like there, there are a lot of historical figures in the national park system mm-hmm. that, uh, that they would say, they would tell you that Yosemite is not even the, the most pristine valley in, in, in that in the, the greater area so yeah. uh, have you ever heard of Hetch Hetchy I, I have I've never I've never been to or seen it but I have heard of Hetch Hetchy okay um so John Muir said that it was uh it, it was it was better before it got flooded out for the use of like what is it the the Los Angeles the greater Los Angeles area uh for hydroelectric dam like it was flooded yeah, yeah. Um, was that was that Los Angeles or San Francisco? Maybe I'm wrong. Was it? I don't know. I don't know. There was like a controversy, right? It, fl- it floods yeah. over and and did they have to use it on a fire? Am I wrong there? Uh, so uh, Anyways, you've, reached, you've reached the limits of my preparation. Um, no. So if Dr. Scott uh, is going to listen to this, which I 100% know he won't, he will be like, <laughs> I he, he'll... 
uh, I would expect to get an email from her like, we talked about this specifically in class. And I would tell them that, well, I'm 36. It's been 10 years and I've had three children. Like this is, you know, come on. I'm talking about it. At least I never claimed to be the smartest. I just claimed that I love recreation. I'm going to ask you this because I I really enjoy this conversation we're having. And I don't know if this is what we set out to do, but like, you know, we talk about these different programs and different things that we're doing in our city parks. But I think at the core, one thing that really unites the two of us, and I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast is like how much we enjoy wilderness. So can I ask you, like, where, where did this passion come from? And where like the drive for you to get your girls to as many national parks and state parks as you can, where did that come from for you? Like what, what, what gave you that? What gave rise to this? Um, So I could trace it back to my times as a young Cub Scout and Boy Scout. Mm. Um, So my family was not a scouting family. If you talk to people in the scouting world, there's, there's one, there's two different types of Boy Scouts. One comes from a lineage of my dad, my grandfather, like all, like I come from a long line of Guilty. Boy Scouts. Um, well, I was, I, I didn't, my, my dad wasn't involved. His idea of recreation was like, we would go on vacation to St. Louis and we went and visited the arch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was, that was our recreation, like as a family. Um, we, he hunted, but he was a coach. So he didn't get to do that very often. So I really liked the idea of, I lived in a small town, Archer City, Texas, North Texas. So I really wanted a chance to just hang out with my friends. And I had friends who were from big Boy Scout families. And I remember the first camp out that I went on was out close to Lake Bowie. And uh, it was somebody's grandfather's land. And we just, we went fishing. We cooked, I think, hot dogs on an open fire. And we slept underneath the stars, no tents, just like we put tarps up, but we put our cots outside. And if it was going to rain, we could move it in. And so I just remember those early experiences as a youth, like just getting, being away from screens, being away from the speed of life that I was accustomed to, that it slowed down. Like now, one of the things I love about if we're out and about on vacation and we're at a national park like time doesn't really mean the same thing to us like when the sun goes down that's kind of like okay well then this is when we power down mm-hmm. uh we don't we're not tied to our watch we're like we have an agenda oh, eight now o'clock bedtime. eight o'clock bedtime so we'll stay up uh no like the first two nights it's yeah let's stay up to like 9 30 10 and with an eight six and three-year-old that that they, they like to sleep in on those days yeah so it's a lot of fun what about you what's some what what is the thing that drew you to recreation huh yeah i think i think in recreation in general i don't you know i'm trying to think of the best way to think it, say this like for recreation for the for my career that i'm in all those different things I think what draws me to it is like we've talked about this as I love having I love watching people have a good time but like for my own recreation and for especially being outdoors and and things like that in a weird way I think that the outdoors has always challenged me and pushed me like past my limits a little bit so I I was never like 
the rock climbing daredevil like you know hike 10 miles kind of kid right like I was never that kid I was never the one who was like out there ready to go conquer the world but in a weird way some challenges I got faced with as a kid in boy scouts and like pushing my pushing my boundaries and pushing my um what's the word I'm looking for? yeah I think the boundaries is the best way to say it. like pushing my limits a little bit really helped me grow as a person um and it was so funny because like I remember a while when I was a kid at one point in time I was in I think we we, we talked about this a while ago Slippery Falls remember Slippery Falls oh yeah right? okay so I was in Slippery Falls and all of my friends were going to take a kayak class right and I was like oh kayak that sounds like so much fun and the first day of the kayaking course they're like okay one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to flip in the boat and we're going to rip the skirt off while you're underwater you gotta rip the skirt off your kayak and you gotta swim out from under your kayak while you're underwater right so you're you're upright and then you go underwater and then you rip the skirt off and you slip out underwater right and i was like no no i'm not i'm not doing that that's not something i'm comfortable <laughs> doing and i quit the kayak course and i was like no i, I can't do this and i was probably like a 12 13 year old kid and then going back to our virginia days right i'm up in virginia and my boss was like hey i want us to take a kayaking course and I want us to uh, go out and learn how to kayak so we can teach other people how to kayak. I'm like, okay, let me give it a shot. And I remember going out there and we did all kinds of different things, like have to get in and out of the boat from the water and learn how to get yourself out from under the boat. And I was like, this is so cool that I challenged myself as a, when I was a kid, I wasn't, I was afraid to challenge myself a little bit and I didn't push myself. And then I found myself challenging myself when I was in Virginia and I was like, it was a big moment for me because I was like, I can do this. Like I can, I can push past my insecurities and my fears. And I, I feel like that's helped me in my recreation life because now that there's kids who come out and do recreation and do these kayak courses who are like ready to jump in the water, no problem, no fear, no nothing. Right. But I relate to the kid who doesn't have that same confidence. And I'm like, I was you, I was you when you were a kid and I can be this person. I want to guide you. Like I had a great mentor at one point in time when I did a trip to Florida for scouts, the sea base trip. And there was this cool guy we had, his name was Corbin. Shout out, probably hardly remembers me, but he's listening to this podcast somehow, some way. Corbin was my guide when I was at this like Florida sea base. And he took the time to like be patient with me and be that guy for me while I was pushing my limit and pushing my, my boundaries. And he was like, Hey, I want to help you out along this journey. And rather than like, hey, man, you got to keep up. You got to keep up with us. It was more like, hey, I want to help you get to the next step. And so I think that's what really drew me to recreation is like being that person who's I'm comfortable with pushing myself a little bit more now. But I also relate to that kid who gets out there in recreation and is a sh and is shy, if you can believe it. I was a little shy. He was shy and who's just a little intrepid or a little scared or timid to do that, that big jump. You know, and so that's one thing that I really love about the outdoors is that it's pushed me in lots of different ways. And and I love it. I love that I can go out there and say, I want to try this. I want to do this and, and try to be a little bit better than I was and a little more confident in myself than I was before. You know, oh, that makes sense. I love that you said you like to watch other people have fun. Like yeah. you love to see people grow a love for recreation. And so I'm assuming that is largely coming from like your role as a dad yeah i think so and i think 
that I found that a little bit in college and at camp too. Yeah. And I'll tell you like a recent story. So I got bummed out recently where we're not <laughs> edit this part out or not. I don't know. That's Daniel's right. problem though. Daniel's problem. So Charlie was supposed to be baptized this last weekend. We're going to finally get Charlie baptized. Yeah. We're going to throw this big crawfish boil. You know, COVID's coming to kind of an end and like we're feeling better. It's like, let's throw this big crawfish boil for all of our friends and family in the area and everybody come up and we're going to do the baptism and then we're going to have this huge crawfish boil. And I had bought all these new games and I had bought, I have all these field games and I, I had like everything set up to go for this party this weekend. And then Friday and Saturday, my entire family caught this horrendous stomach bug had to just cancel everything. And I was like, no, like this was going to be the party that everybody talked about and said, we had so much fun playing tube and can jam and eating crawfish. And so I love that about recreation. I love someone walking away from my event and saying, oh my gosh, that was just so much fun. You know, like I, that's the best compliment someone can give me is like, man, I had so much fun at your trivia night. I had so much fun at your special event. I had so much fun at this program, whatever it is. Like I just had so much fun and it was a memory that my family and I or myself got to create. And that's what I just love about recreation. Oh man, that sounds, well, I'm sorry that everybody got the bug, but it happens. no, I understand that, that sentiment. Uh, I the, so I am a little bit the same way of I like to watch people have fun to facilitate yeah. their experience, especially because of my dad. But especially from camp, uh, you'll re- do you remember Burger Burn? Oh yeah, dude, that was. Um, I think that created my love for cooking. Yeah, cooking outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, so to this day, like if we're if we're around people, we're doing like a backyard barbecue or we're cooking like out in the wilderness or recreationally I like to be the one that plans and plans the meals gets them done and I find that very soothing just to be out in nature hanging out and cooking plus Mm -hmm. there's just something about being over like a open fire cooking in like Dutch ovens oh yeah I got my first set of cast iron skills this last winter oh how are they dude it's just a game changer isn't it yeah. Like I, I, I will cook everything on this cast iron skillets. And it's like every meal now, Melina's like, are you going to do it on the cast iron skillet? Are you going to do it on the cast? Iron? I'm like, okay, fine. Like I'll do it. And it's just, ah, it's so fun. Like I, cause I, maybe you rubbed off me in that way because recently the last year I've been doing a lot more outdoor cooking and like, you're right. Like being able, like similar with recreation with everybody being like, man, that was so much fun. When people eat your food, like that you've made from, from start to finish, they're like, oh my God, that was so good. There's just, isn't there just such a feeling of like how accomplished you are? There is no better feeling than somebody gets done with an exhaust, not at, I don't want to say exhausting because that sounds like it's emotionally it's exhausting. A, it's a work, it's work. Like physically exhausting, like mm-hmm. a long day of recreation. And then they come to the the tarp or the, like the, the picnic area and like, hey, here is all the food gorge yourself because you probably had a handful of trail mix for lunch Mm. a power bar for breakfast and just tons of water so this is where you're getting your calories and then they get done and they have to do the the sit back or like i need to like unbutton my belt like unbutton Mm -hmm. my like this is some good stuff i'm gonna need to lay down for 30 minutes because my favorite one is that when people like when you cook steak and they get the meat sweats oh gosh so There's nothing better. And then, like I said, there's nothing better when they're like, man, that was just such a great hamburger. Like my dad, 
Shout out my dad. My mom and dad are avid listeners of this podcast, by the way. I'm just going to say Bill and Peggy, they, they, every time they, they do come, listen to this, they road trip up to here. Right. And they come up to visit us from Houston to Dallas and they're like, Oh, we listen, we just listened to the legislation episode with that Jeff guy who was great. And we listened to the play episode. They're like, Oh my God, it was so good. Like it's so anyway. So shout out my mom and dad, but um, I don't even know where I was going with that. No, I made hamburgers for my dad last week and he's like, Will, this is one of the best hamburgers I've ever had. And I was like, really, Dad? Like, really? really? <laughs> he's like, that was a really good hamburger. He's like, this he goes, that was better than one of my hamburgers that I make. And I'm like, yes. And so they're like, there's just nothing better than putting a, a smile on people's faces. And maybe it's selfish in a way. Like, I want people to, maybe I feed off of people being like, uh, not approving me, but just being like, I had so much fun doing this. Or I love this. Yeah. It just gives me that kind of like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what I want out of people. And that's what I love. <laughs> and I think that's what most people in our field definitely want and all that. Oh, okay. Let me ask you a few of these, these things before we wrap up and, and on our season and recap thing, what were some of your favorite moments from the last, cause we, our first podcast we did was in like what, October of last year. I think so. Maybe, maybe. Okay. So like September, October time or whatever it was going back all the way, we've recorded like 18, 19 episodes and then we'll get back to it soon. Hopefully in the future, um what are some of your favorite memories from this last year doing the podcast oh my god I think that there's every single episode has been so unique and ha- I feel like every episode has its own personality wait I'm, the- change, I'm changing things up I'm, I'm totally oh. refreshing things do you ever do rosebud and thorn do you know what that is I I I don't I, I have maybe have an idea but I, I don't I don't it's kind of like so. start stop continue it starts off continue in a way. So oh, okay. What was your rose of the podcast? What was like your favorite thing? What is your thorn? Like, what was your thing that you're like, ah, oh, man, I wish we could have done this differently. And what are you looking forward to is your bud? I'm going to, I'm going to totally, Daniel's going to have to totally re-edit this. So <laughs> what is your rose? What is your rose, bud, and thorn from the podcast so far? And continue so the on your, is, uh, your the rose is like the good thing. The really- your, your beauty, your, your thing that you loved. Um, I think there's a couple moments where through the podcast that I've developed friendships with people past the episode uh-huh. and uh, like one of them being Annie Frizzoli. Um, so uh, I, uh, I had some funds available through a fellowship that I was doing that now I'm uh, actually me, you, Jess, and then one of my grad students uh, doing a, a leadership training that I asked, I paid, I paid her to create and do. Um, that's a really cool thing. Cause I think that professional development is as much personal development as it, as it is actual professional. Like yeah, I'm becoming a better person so that the person who does the job or the professional job does that thing better. So right. uh, that, 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 and Tiffany White, she's, she's, we are all going to be working for her one day. Uh-huh. Her and oh, Jeff. That's yeah, yeah. That's okay. I could. I'm definitely fine with working for those two. I, t- I, I every there has not been a person that we have had on that I have not thought, hey, when you need a personal secretary, keep me in mind. Yeah, I have a like. Uh, okay, yeah, so that's the rose. What's what's your, the next one? Your thorn. What's your thorn? What was like something that was like ah oh, man, just I don't know. I you know we can skip <laughs> thorn too, but like one thing that you wish we could have done differently, or one thing that you you know kind of gets you a little bit uh the the thing that got to me the most was that i didn't get to be face to face with stuart brown uh, and tom norquist uh, yeah. for the institute so i was 
really jealous of you. And I was really nervous for that interview because I was like, oh my gosh, I've been reading and watching this guy for years. And then Will gets to go be face to face. And so I felt, I felt frustrated, but not at anybody particular. It's just like, I wish yeah, I could be there. I know. What are you looking forward to for our future podcast? Um, so I think a large role that we're trying to figure out what is our role? Like what is, what is, I mean, so that we have the idea of what the podcast is, is that two guys that love about love recreation, that let's talk about recreation with people who do recreation. But I think that we're finding, well, within that, how do we couch this? How do we position this podcast um, tonally, like personality wise? Because um, I don't want to be all over the place, but I don't want to be so narrowed and focused that we come become like, oh, they they're just kind of like, oh, it's a professor and uh, they talk about a book and it's trained bear. No, I don't want to, I don't want it to be that because uh, I I love recreation. I think that I want that to be the highlight, not my, my biggest fear is that we get boring. Yeah. Like uh, there's some, there's some podcasts out there that are from big organizations, but they're so dry and they're so boring and they're so formulaic. And I guess that's useful for listeners because they know what to expect, but I don't know if I want that for us. And so if that means that we're just getting our, your, your parents and the, the five other people that listen to us to listen to us. Well, I, guess that's I, I it. think, I think that there's definitely some truth in quality versus quantity, right? Like we want, we want people who are listening to us to like really, you know, we I, don't get me wrong. I'd love to have millions and millions of listeners. And I think eventually we will, but um, I'd love for more of it to be like, the people who are listening to us are really enjoying the quality of what we're like. I'd really have a hundred great listeners who really enjoy the way that we are and just enjoy our passion and the people that we bring on's passion. You know, I don't want every interview to be like, so tell us about yourself. Tell us what you're doing. I want to hear what makes them so passionate about their field and their life and outside of recreation too. Right. Like I think that's one thing that was really cool. We're starting to ask people what's their walk-up song and what's their um, favorite thing to play, right? It was, so I was like, yeah, let's shift away from what you do with your organization and your role and like, tell us about you. Tell us about who you are as a person. Yeah. I I think that's a cool direction we get to go is that we get to, you know, Traps is so fun. These institutes are so fun to go out there and and learn more about our profession, learn more about each other. Um, But we've always talked about how I, one thing that we love about Traps is like the social hour stuff, right? And going and, (laughs) you know, doing the casino night a couple of years ago, like that, I mean, it's just social hour time. Yeah. And I think that's one avenue you and I get to go down is get to be like the social part of traps in a way, you yeah. know? And I, my, another thing I'm afraid of is that we've had some awesome guests. How do we top that? Like yeah, season know. one bring is it, such let's awesome. Bring it back on. Let's bring, bring it back. <laughs> well, I'm imagining the summer like, ah, I'm a little busy that day. Well, we didn't actually yeah. give you a date. And they're like, well, <laughs> what date then and then whatever date we say they're like i already did your podcast once come on (laughs) they're like i've wasted i wasted an hour of my life i'm not getting that time back but one okay this is a this is a thing that i hope that we get to do season two i would really like to interview carter smith do you know who he is no he's the executive director of texas parks and wildlife department oh if you're listening to this carter you've been you've been nominated or if somebody knows 
Carter Smith, I would, I would really like to interview. And I would really like for me and you to go like face-to-face interview people. So that's, that's something I'm looking forward to. What about you? Um, Rose Thorne and Bud. Well, I, so I want to say my Rose is doing the interview with Dr. Brown and Tom Norquist in person, but I don't want to keep it in your face. Um, so I'll go even sappier and just say that my Rose has been a lot of the episodes that's just been me and you. Um, and I've loved interviewing other people, but like even today has been a fun, just last 45 minute hour to hang out and just, I know a lot of things will get kind of cut around and, and edited for our audience, but it's just so fun to hop on here and be like, what's up JD. And people, I love how people are like, JD, why do you call him JD? And I'm like, Oh yeah, sorry. That's an old camp <sighs> thing. So I think that that not to get sappy, but you know, I love you brother. And so like, just the last year of getting a jump on this podcast with you and us be able to talk about our, our mutual love for recreation and mutual love, love for our families and the people in our recreation park society getting to hear that I think has been really cool. Um, I will say my thorn. Okay. I'll say my thorn was that you weren't there with me in person for the Dr. Brown and Tom. North Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> no, my thorn uh oh man my thorn i know this all been so good uh the internet the internet is so hard with these this zoom and everything i can't wait for this to be more in person and us to knock out 15 live interviews at institute together oh my goodness that's gonna be awesome uh and i will credit to you uh the cool idea that has stuck in my mind trappy hour trappy hour yeah so we're we're gonna we're uh we're going to beg borrow and plead with people to fund a traps happy hour hour. and maybe us recording a live episode yeah maybe stream a live episode i don't know yeah and then my bud my bud i'll say is i'm looking forward to next season but i want to i think this might be a fun time to if we can pull it off we can talk about one of our future episodes that we plan on doing before we wrap up the season. One of our last episodes is to do a uh, kind of community wide episode. And so my bud that we've been talking about a little bit is doing an episode where we get as many of you listeners. So maybe it's my mom and dad are the only ones who hop on, but as many of you listeners out there, people who are interested in the podcast to jump on for just a few minutes. So July is parks and recreation month across the country, right? And the National Recreation Park Association's big push this year is, I think it's tell us your story. Tell us your your recreation story. And so I want people to be able to jump on this podcast, even for just a couple minutes, and just tell us their recreation story. So my bud is us doing that episode. We're going to try to set that up in the future and get as many people on there as we can from yeah. across the entire state or the country or the world. I don't care. And I want them to come on and tell us their recreation story, you know, as briefly as they can. So. Yeah. I'm looking forward to us trying to pull that off, I guess. I, yeah, I love that idea. All right, dude, we are way over time. But once That's again, Daniel's problem not our problem. This is Daniel's problem. We should hey, have Daniel jump on and tell us a little bit about himself at some point in time. Uh, yes, he just got engaged. What? He, Congratulations. he, he engaged. He, got, uh, he proposed to his girlfriend, now his fiance, his fiance um, at a, I think, a state park, national park. Of course, of course he did. So, um, it that was should really be a cool. highlight episode. We should bring him and his fiance on and talk about. Just let him come be on the podcast, maybe. And um, then we'll we'll edit the episode for him. Uh, yeah. Well, that's. I don't, man. 
he is really good at editing and he's really good Very at what good. he does. He you makes guys it, don't even he makes know. it look so easy that he tried to explain a few things to me and I just said, Yeah, sure. don't you stop explaining like you've like like if some a mechanic was explaining how an engine works, he's like, Do you understand? And I'm like, Well, I know that you have to put gas in it. Yeah, like that's yeah. right, correct? And like you know so I know so very little. And he knows so much, you, he probably you, gets frustrated. Poor guy doesn't even know, like, or y'all don't even know how the stupid stuff I've said that he's had to edit it out of these episodes. Also, you, you recorded on your end for Zoom, right? What's up? You recorded our Zoom, didn't you? Yes. Because I didn't do a good job of recording. I figured okay. just the two of us is fine. Well, <laughs> well, yes, congratulations, Daniel. Let's have you on the episode soon or on the podcast soon. And we have so much things to do in the future with this podcast, I think. It's only so far. All right. All right. Bye, well, brother. Have a good day. See you later, brother. See you, man.